one of the main things that we were doing was helping the models change. So you are literally holding tens of thousands of dollars in your hand. Do you know how terrifying it is to have to help a model who is like double your height? Hello, professionals. Welcome back to this week's episode. Rachel is in the hot seat as I ask her the same questions in return, and we will get to know a little bit more about her. So without further ado, let's get started. Rachel, thank you for uh, taking your time to come and chat with us and let the audience learn a little bit more about you. So welcome to the episode number two. You're welcome. My presence is a present. (laughs) Sassy McSasserton. (laughs) All right. So the first question that I want to ask you is what is your office superlative? So my actual office superlative that I did really get most likely to forget what she was saying mid-sentence truer words have never been spoken (laughs) and boy was that spot on because i say that twice a day at least i think i say multiple times a day what was i saying or i forgot what i was talking about so yes that is that's my first first one superlative i would say my second i thought a fitting one for me would be um most likely to sing a question or an answer to your question. So now that we have covered your superlatives, what is your office catchphrase? I would say my office catchphrase is teamwork makes the dream work. So now that we have gotten a little bit of a a picture of your lovely personality in the <laughs> office, uh, let's hear a little bit more about uh, work background, history, talk us through where you have been before you landed to where you're at now. So I started in retail. I did some like small jobs before that, but it wasn't like a W-2 job. It was one of those like friend of my parents that needs me to do XYZ thing. Like I I helped a family friend that's like a, that's a caterer. So I helped her do some catering. So I, my first real job where I was like a W-2 actually getting paid was retail, was in the retail industry. I do not remember my actual title. Um, It was in a, specifically in a store that sold rugs and furniture. So like all kinds of rugs from like the machine made, I don't remember all the details of it, but like machine made up to hand tufted or whatever you want to call it. And they also sold like furniture and home goods as well. And I think I was technically a cashier and it was always so funny because I was, I was quite young at that time. I was not 18 yet. Um, and people would come in and ask me if I was the girl on the commercial because they had commercials and uh, like on the local television because she was like blonde and perky and then I was blonde and perky and then they thought we were the same person. I'm like, no, that's not me. Do you think you were asked like five times or like 25 times? In a day or? I guess that answers my question. (laughs) You were asked pretty regularly. Yes, yes. I was probably asked at least once a weekend. I do specifically remember, (laughs) another tidbit about me is I like I have anxiety with new things so I try to over prepare for them 
So at that point, I had not had a lot of experience answering phones. And, you know, you answer a phone, you never know what you're going mm-hmm. to get. So I had so much anxiety around answering the phone. And I had to answer the phone so much that I wouldn't say it broke me of that. But it, like, it numbed me to it quite a bit. Cause I, I you're like, the threshold for it increased. increased. Yeah. So that was a really great first experience. And great in that I learned why I was going to college because I did not want to stay there. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just young and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and didn't know when I was being like taken advantage of, like mm-hmm. hours-wise or whatever else. Did you find that you were regularly asked to, like, can you stay another hour? Can you come in more? I don't re- – I just remember, like – Like, going, is this normal of how much they're asking of me? Right. Okay. Right. Definitely asked to do things outside of my, like, mm, like job description, job description gotcha. or okay. what I was hired for. Yeah. you're learning what the normalcy of a job is and what isn't normal mm-hmm. just kind of like by a sense of things right. and going hmm making a mental note of this right absolutely and it sounds like it wasn't not that it was a negative experience but you you saw a facet of it of i don't think this is right and so i'm going to make sure to know this for the future right like there were a number of people who were quite a bit older than me they had been in the job you know arena for quite some time and several of them I knew were not happy there so I think in my head it was very like okay so I'm gonna make sure that I go to school for what interests me so that I can be in a career that interests mm, me I don't want to be you in 10 20 years right. I want right. to have a passion and excitement for what I do right Absolutely. I, I remember there was someone there that had like a degree in engineering and they would say, you know, I have a degree in engineering. I should be paid so much more. You're working in retail. It, like, I, I think I just took that tidbit of like, if you're at this job, you're here for a reason. If you're not utilizing your degree, you're doing it by choice. Mm, okay. So I knew that I didn't just want to stay in a retail capacity. That wasn't for me. I didn't want to just work commission. Like I wanted to do something more. And money is nice, but the same amount of money with very little increase for a long period of time is just, there There wasn't enough upward growth. Is that accumulation of the first job that you had? That was my very first, quote unquote, first real job. And then I started college. My degree is in fashion merchandising and design, but my concentration is in merchandising. So I like to explain it as the business of fashion. I had lots of business classes, very, very, very much a focus on business, especially in the way of the fashion industry, including like some home decor or like into some interior design. Um, I did have some sewing classes. Uh, I While I was there, I studied abroad in Paris and Italy and um, like within the same uh, program, it was with the fashion program. It was actually, when I had heard of people studying abroad, most of the time it's like they go and study abroad for a semester. Mm-hmm. So this particular study abroad program program was specifically for about a month a little over a month and so it was very fast-paced and is it was were both locations held within that one time frame yes so you're going to two different destinations within the same four-week time frame yes 
And I did, I also, we visited uh, Belgium while we were there as well. But it was a, you know, fashion-based program. So everything that we did was based around fashion. So most of the time when someone's like, oh, I studied abroad, they usually mean that they went for a semester. And so they had all of this time off to do and see. We were like nonstop every day. I think we had like two partial days off the entire time we were there and so that was cool that was fun um but i was able to work behind the scenes of couture designers dang um and it was amazing like it was so incredible met so many amazing people we were just like little worker ants behind the scenes we yeah. were free labor basically and the school and the teacher had the connections like they did this every year and had been doing it for some time so they had a connection with a fashion school in Paris that allowed us to kind of go in and do these things so those were totally incredible experiences and I realized that while I love the fashion industry that may not be the thing for me because it is super intense and you are having like one of the main things that we were doing was helping the models change. So you are literally holding tens of thousands of dollars in your hand. Do you know how terrifying it is to have to help a model who is like double your height? <laughs> okay, maybe not double, but like... Well, because we're both... Well, I'm on the shorter end of mm -hmm. the spectrum. I'm technically like shorter than average. I'm 5'4". So these models are like over six feet, right? Dang. Yeah, I was thinking like tall. five eight. No, five, ten. no, no. Like a runway model, maybe a commercial model, but a runway model, very tall, very thin, most of the time, mm -hmm. most of the time, at least at this time. So you're having to help someone change clothes that is like <laughs> way taller. Yeah, than you're you. like a little elf, like trying to do yes. stuff with that. Not to mention that they're almost exclusively wearing high heels, so add right. like five to eight more inches depending on the heel. A ladder for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And you're working with literally couture clothing. Like, let me just tell you how terrifying it is to do that. And you have to do it in quickly under two minutes. Yeah. It's like for like a play, like mm -hmm. Broadway, like you literally, someone just takes on, puts off, applies, whatever. And then you like turn around mm -hmm. and go. Mm -hmm. Because they go and show one outfit and then like, if I'm remembering correctly, it was either two minutes or two and a half minutes. Like literally one of the designers I believe had a timer each station had like a timer the models would have stations and you know you would be assigned to a specific model or more than one model and so you're sitting here having to handle like these beautiful clothes that are worth so much money uh, so just incredible honestly incredible experiences to have I would say most days we needed to be up by six and there were many nights where we weren't even back before nine. Sometimes we didn't get back until one in the morning. So sleep wasn't really a thing. That's when I actually started drinking coffee. It actually wasn't even coffee. It was espresso. It was straight espresso when I would just pour a ton of sugar into it. And that's when I actually started liking coffee. Before that, I hated coffee. So now you see me drinking. Really? Yes. You see you me drink coffee. Every day, some form of coffee. Yes. Yes. And you'll Maybe go like, to get coffee if yes. you forget to bring it with you. So prior, you did not drink coffee. In post, you were drinking it espresso. Not as much, but going into the working world, definitely a lot more because it's so structured. So after, so after that, 
Um, there were like, after I graduated, there were a lot of life changes like with my family. And so I actually ended up taking a different path than I originally intended. I'd gone to school in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so I was intending to stay there, but with all of the, um, with so many changes and things happening in my personal life, it did not, it no longer made sense for me to be so far away from my family who was in South Carolina. So that really completely changed my perspective and my career trajectory. It's a 10 point word. You are welcome, audience. Is that template for like Scrabble or something? I used it in a sentence for you. Um, so that really changed the direction that I was going because I I wanted to do a, I wanted to go and be a buyer for a company and work my way up and like basically stay very much in the fashion industry. And then the things that were important to me in my life really changed drastically. Um, so thereafter, I was um, I, I'd made the decision to be close to my family, and there were limited job options for what I wanted to do. So I would say I, I didn't really have so much of a direction at that point in time. So I was in retail for a number of years after that, and it was um, luxury retail. So like Michael Kors, Juicy Couture at the time. Oh, and uh, BCBG. Um, BCBG was like my favorite. Uh, so we did that for a while. And then I, because as I said, I felt like my life, I didn't really have a direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wasn't willing to be that far from my family. Um, so I actually decided, hey, I think I want to go back to school. Like I can't, I have to be really far away to do what I wanted to do with fashion. And I actually had a minor in marketing and that's very much in the business world so I was like let me go back to school for this so I'm curious and I don't know if the audience is caring about this or not you finished a degree in fashion merchandising you finished studying abroad some life changes happen you want to be closer to family and you decide to take a different route is it because what you were hoping to use your degree for wasn't accessible or possible in the like geographic location that you yes. were going back to yes okay um it just it like the base of what is it like the main office or head office for these retail companies were not in the area that i was in because you're talking high level nice clothing stuff yes. and to me i think new york as one location it didn't of have to be new york but at that point in time, the, the kind of options I had were Charlotte, North Carolina, and that there, I didn't feel like the opportunity, the kind of opportunities I wanted were not there. Um, so even if you're talking like smaller boutiques, um, that would be more towards like Atlanta. Because you're not or, talking like being on the floor. Like, it's one thing to be either cashier or being a personal shopper, mm -hmm. but you had a different bent to what your experience yes. was. And so those job positions literally wouldn't be possible. Correct. In those kind of mm -hmm. stores. It just, it literally, they, they were not job options. Um, it just wasn't an option where I was. And so I, like I said, I went into retail. I was doing like higher end luxury stores. Um, 
and honestly wasn't fulfilling. It was just like a very, you go to work and then you come home and there was a level of, like if you've ever worked in a retail setting, you know that there are, especially with luxury retail, I can't speak to like non-luxury, but you have you have a goal of what they want you to sell that day. They have like, not metrics, but they have like... Oh, absolutely What's metrics. the word I'm looking for? But like the metrics. numbers of like, there's a term and maybe I've already said it, but the things to hit. If you don't hit that, then goal. we're going to have a discussion with you. Um, Not so much that, but if you're doing very poorly, it's very obvious. But it just, it was kind of this feeling of oh, you, you sold $10,000 of stuff of merchandise today? Amazing. Tomorrow do 15. Mm, so I always wanted more. It was just, it's very much never going to be enough. Gotcha. And the option besides that was to continue moving up within the company and blah, blah, blah. But it's, that part never really goes away. Of it's hitting a facet of right, that. Right. And that just wasn't fulfilling for me. That's just, it, it wasn't, you know, feeding that part of me that I guess that's what fulfillment is but it, it was not it wasn't fulfilling to me it wasn't something that I truly enjoyed um, I did get a lot of great clothes <laughs> uh, but besides that it just wasn't, wasn't it, it for me yeah. so that's why I then decided to go back to school and also at the same time um, one of my very best friends was having some major life changes and decided to go back to school for nursing so we ended up um, going back to school within the same town. So I was back again closer to family. Because for retail, I had moved a little bit away, not super far away, but I was kind of like 30-ish minutes versus now he's back to being like 10 minutes away from, from family. Um, and so I did that for one semester. And the reason it was only one semester is because I took a part-time job in property management while I, because doing that paid for my student apartment and I was offered what seemed like an amazing job like the pay was very good for my age and uh, so he was offered a great job so I left school to go do that job um, and I took wonderful classes in school like an accounting class environmental science like it was the business school that I went to it was like hardcore like um, they had poured a lot of money into the school of business so it was hardcore um, and definitely a different take on what I had experienced before so I really enjoyed what I learned um, but yeah again I didn't have real direction so then I started in property management with one company and that ended up being, it was pitched to me, it was pitched to me in one way and I was promised a lot of things and those things didn't happen. And not out of selfishness, but out of necessity, I needed to leave that job. Cause again, it was f further away from, it was actually quite far from my family. It was several hours away from my family. And I was promised things and like, okay, well, once you get trained, then we can look at moving you to a different property and blah 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 so it was just a number of things didn't happen and the company was very different than I thought it was going to be and I just like couldn't it was just not a good fit overall and being far from my family again these life changes had been quite recent 
so it was it was not the right fit for me so I actually left there and started with a different company that is international an international property management company and that was a great fit I was there for I think three years and moved up within the company um, 100% amazing company structure amazing training um, I loved the company but where the local regional whatever managers wanted to place me was not at a property property I wanted to stay long term and by that point in time I had decided that I wanted to take on something new so I went into real estate I became a realtor and I did that for four years that was a huge learning curve because you're going from total structure with a job to zero structure you are your own boss and whew, it was a lot like I'm just there are so many things I could talk about with that but I did take the opportunity with the um, with the overall company that I was working under to I took as much training as I could I learned so many things which I think you use in your job I, all of the time because I, I think I've told you so many times I learned this thing yes. here I learned this here and this pitch is like this and this is why you do this so I learned a ton um, of business strategies among other things I learned a lot about running a business about managing people uh, managing clients so so many things so many things um, and then at that point in time my sister had been co-owner of a practice for a few years now and like obviously I've talked a lot about family it's very important to me and she had I was I was getting really burned out with real estate for a number of reasons you know it was one of those things I loved parts of it but other parts drained me so much and I don't do well with zero structure so it was it was a number of things like I had really I'd really burned out at that point in time so she asked me to come and do some like part-time stuff because obviously I had lots of admin experience lots of phone experience answering phones and I again that was even part of the training that I did with real estate because there is a lot of being on the phone in real estate so I just I think like you I also love learning and love new things and I think my time had really just come I was burned out on the other realtors I was burned out on the clients um, it is just a really harsh I feel like it's the best way to say it. it can be a very harsh industry um, and it just ultimately wasn't for me I wasn't getting everything that I needed and so my sister's like hey we have like we have an admin but she's only able to do a few hours a week we are growing so fast we need someone to come help us like would you please 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 come and just just answer the phone you know one or two days a week please and so I did that and literally from like day one it w it just clicked it was it just clicked it was I don't know how to of how else to explain that but it was like I wasn't living in a fantasy world by any means but I was good at it I was comfortable with it I already knew the other co-owner because I you know had met her had spent some time with her just to give some context to our listeners you didn't walk into the office with your first day 
there being to help answer the phone. So you had previously been around the office to help with like when they open, like their grand yes. opening mm-hmm. and to help design the space. Yes. So you had become friends with the other mm-hmm. owner. Mm-hmm. And so it was not, it was your first time, I think maybe being there formally. Yeah. It wasn't this kind of like completely new scenario right. that you were in. Right. But it's interesting because you said that you were burned out from your previous role. Mm-hmm. So all of that compounded so that when you got to this role, it was like a breath of pressure, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it, it was just right. And that I feel like it sounds so cheesy to say, but it just clicked for me. It was like, I can work with people I feel comfortable with. I know that I can voice my needs. Anything that was a pain point in your previous role was now being re labeled as a positive yes. thing in this role. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And also being in a place where both of my bosses also had ADD or ADHD. You understand yes. me. So there, there was so much grace and so much encouragement and I was no longer the person in charge of everything because when you like in real estate, 90 something percent of the time I can't speak to like every some people are w2s but almost always you're your own boss you're what is it a 1099 even if you're you're working under a brokerage so you're quote-unquote working under a company but you're what is it contracted labor or whatever um so everything you do is on you and you have to make sure you're following all the rules like you are making all of the, the decisions all of the time any of the hard things you have to do and frankly that's exa- that is exhausting for me at least many people love that role they love to be the decision makers that's the beauty of work is that you have people who work amazingly in food customer service yes. and that's like they are just it's easy for them you got people who are high-powered executives and making decisions every single day comes naturally like everyone's got their mm-hmm. niche so you just got to find your niche yes. So I like being the person who, I don't know if this is, I like being the person who gathers the data or who has an understanding of what's happening. Um, I would say in a lot of ways, I do have a very analytical mind because of my sales background. I'm like, okay, we're having, you know, we had, our phone system says we had uh, 80 calls today. Okay, that's probably a large number, but we had 80 calls today. And I know that, 20 of them were people from this specific insurance company and yada yada. So it it just, it was just the right place, the right time, the right environment. The, my strengths were like super strengths in that role, if that makes any sense. Like some places your strengths, it's like, oh, okay, great. Other places it's like, oh, you're good at that? Amazing. You are incredible. Like, just me answering the phone it just didn't matter what I did they thought I was just the most amazing thing ever but they didn't they didn't have that before they had someone who was only able to be there for you know a few hours and didn't have the same training and background that I had so me just being able to say you know what's the to-do list okay now it's done because just because I knew how just because I had the experience in it and I was able to bring observations and problems and it just frankly it was just a great fit and it I feel like it really still is 
and I was able to, you know, continue in the role. Talk a little bit, because I know all the answers, so I'm going to kind of guide <laughs> you a little bit in this portion. So um, talk about the progression of going from once or twice a week to full time of what that looked mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So like I said, first day it clicked and I was really originally only supposed to be there like part time for a few hours, a couple days a week. And because it was going so well and because I was burnt out in in real estate in that previous career, it really ended up being a pretty easy transition because they needed me. Because the more that I did, the more they realized they needed someone to do. Um, you know, there's someone answering phones, so they're able to have more appointments scheduled. More appointments scheduled means more people coming in. More people coming in means more paperwork. Mean like it just becomes mm-hmm. a cycle. It all multiplies. Yes, yes. So, um, and the, the you know the more I was doing, the the more they were able to take on the owners and the clinicians, and it just building that trust with them. They were giving me more and more responsibility. And there's such a need in mental health care that it just, it basically just exploded. And so we, I would say we needed, so I was there what? A year and a half, I think. Yeah, I was there at least a year and a half before you, right? Before you came on. Yeah, no, that's right. Single-handedly, I was the admin. I was single-handedly like running the front. And at that point, we had so much business and finally... They let me hire someone else. <laughs> so I progressed from administrative assistant to uh, when Jordan, when you came intake on. Coordinator. Intake coordinator. Was that my position? I, well, because I intake would tell everyone because I didn't know what I was doing my first couple of weeks. And so I would get the basic information and say, well, we're going to have our intake coordinator give you a call back That's in the next right. two days. Yes. So I remember that part. Is that Yeah, that was my title. And then I think it? from there you went to executive assistant. Executive assistant. You are right. I forgot about that because I was intake coordinator because we just had so many intakes. But that's been what has kept my interest for so long is there's a constant changing and evolving. So my first real job was as a, I think, cashier in retail. And then I went off to school. I got my degree in fashion merchandising with a minor in marketing from Meredith College. I did several internships during the summer in retail. Um, I guess you'd say my second and third job uh, were a couple of retail companies, retail settings. Um, Was not fulfilled there and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, so I went back to school. I was back in school at USC Upstate to pursue um, University of South Carolina because I think on the West Coast it's different, but um, different? University of Southern California. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what you were saying was the difference. Um, so I went to uh, USC Upstate and started working on getting a full degree in marketing, but while I was there that <laughs> the one semester, while I was there I was offered a um, a really well-paying job to go and do property management one two three four so that was my fourth job my fifth job was at another property management company so I guess my sixth job would be being a realtor I really fell into my current seven 
was the lucky number. Yes, I didn't think of that, but yes, it is technically my seventh seventh job or seventh company. So that is my background, my history, and why I think I'm qualified for this <laughs> podcast. So, segue. Um, my next question is, what made you want to start a podcast? So I think like you, I love the new and interesting. Um, do truly enjoy working with people, training. I've always just been naturally drawn to mentoring, and I feel like this is similar to mentoring or training or conversing around something that I feel comfortable in and knowledgeable in, but on a much larger scale. And I also think, I really do think that I have so much to contribute from my uh, my experiences, my skills, my, you know, my kind of natural talents. All right, so I think that, that wraps up that answer then. Would those be your main two or... I didn't want to cut you off on if there's no, anything. Absolutely. Um, and I think even beyond that, I would have loved to have as a young professional or someone coming into different industries as I went along, it would have been really nice to have heard some of the discussions that were that we have had, that we're planning on having around particular topics, like how do you navigate certain things? Is there a right and wrong answer for this? Could I have handled XYZ situation better? So I, I want to help make that available to people as well because so much of the time it's, it can be a matter of opinion of what's, what is a best practice. So this is the resource that you wish you had. Yes. Absolutely. What do you hope to accomplish or achieve through this podcast? Oh. I really think that it it does for me kind of go back to what made you want to start a podcast. I I as you said, I hope to be the resource that I didn't have and to also be able to bring topics and discussions to the table and to be discussed and had that not a lot of people are necessarily talking about that might be taboo um, that should be had because I think as you know me pretty well I'm like I'm down to talk about the things that people are uncomfortable talking about because sometimes I think those those conversations need to be had and on the flip side of that I enjoy training as I said I enjoy training I enjoy sharing knowledge um, I enjoy having these discussions um, and broadening my horizons and seeing the kind of viewpoint and experiences from people who have had different careers, different backgrounds um, that just have something different to share and bring to the table. Also, I do hope that I, I intend to be able to monetize some of my skills um, and utilizing the podcast as a way to lead into that. Yeah, totally. I forgot to mention that for mine, so <laughs> good reminder there. Um, and then the last question for this episode is, what is something unique about you or that not a lot of people may know? So I was originally going to say that I've been skydiving. Oh. Um, I don't know if you knew that. I you know what you may have told me. I don't remember now. Um, so apparently less than 1% of the population in the world has been skydiving. But I did not know it was I, so low. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out over the weekend that I have another very unique trait about myself. And I think I told you this because I was very excited about it. Um, so I found out that I have uh, heterochromia or rather central heterochromia. Heterochromia is typically known as the trait where someone has two different eye colors. So they have one eye maybe blue and one eye maybe green or something of that nature. Um, central heterochromia is where you have two different colors within each eye. So the outer part of my iris is blue and the inner part is green. And that's different than hazel because hazel fades into another color. So or two distinct rings per yes. se. Yes, two very, two distinct colors. Um, so I felt very special when I found that out because I just wanted to know if there was a particular name for my eye color because I, I just assumed that there were a lot of people that had different multicolored eyes. Uh, apparently I was wrong. So now I need to know how many people with heterochromia have also been skydiving. So I can know That's how special. That's the natural yes. next question. I need to, to know how find. special I am, Jordan. I need to quantify. It's a very important thing to investigate. I need to quantify my uniqueness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and experiences. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, so with that being said, we'll see you all next week. We hope you've enjoyed these first couple of episodes and had a few laughs along the way. Now that we've provided an introduction to ourselves, we will officially dive into conversations about the workplace in our next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to stay in the loop on future episodes, give us a follow. You can do so by pressing the plus button. You can also follow us on Instagram. See you next time on Professional-ish.